Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello and welcome to The Quality of Life, the new wellness podcast series for Saudi, the GCC, and the world in partnership with TRX. This is a new podcast series all about helping people and communities create a better life through wellness and sport. Hosted by me, Raham Harrig, the youngest Arab and the first Saudi woman to climb Everest and the Seven Summits. Because I genuinely believe you should be the change you want to see in the world. Every week, I'll be speaking to the biggest names in the GCC and across the world. Talking nutrition, exercise and life lessons, as well as how to avoid burnout and the philosophies that are trending right now. Shining a light on sports in KSA and highlighting Saudi's amazing culture. Because the plan in Saudi is to have 40% of people participating in sports every single week by 2030. You can listen both Arabic and English every Friday morning after Juma prayer. And today we're meeting Hanan Hamrani, Kariman Abdeljadayl and Amal Ba'atiyah. Hana is Saudi's first female boxing coach and the founder of Flag Boxing, Fight Like a Girl Boxing, and is the first Saudi female to open a boxing gym for ladies in Saudi Arabia. Kariman is a Saudi Olympic athlete who competed in the women's 100 meter at the 2016 Summer Olympics. She is now training to qualify for the 2024 Olympics as a rower, aiming to be the first female rower to compete for the kingdom. Amal is Saudi's first female CrossFit trainer and has been selected as a board member in the Saudi Wrestling Federation. Ladies, I can't wait to jump into this. But first, Amal, Kariman and Hala, I want to know what's the meaning of quality of life? What does that sentence mean to you? Uh, Let's start with Kariman. What does that mean to you? I think quality, uh, quality of life means family. Uh, family that you're born into, of course, but the family that you choose, your friends, your coaches, your, I would say, uh, university. Um, you know, if you have, I would say, three or four friends that like to read or like to work out, chances are that you're going to love to read. You're going to work out. Um, so, you know, just be mindful of uh, who you surround yourself uh, with because it will, um, honestly, it will affect your life. Um, Hala? I think for me, quality of life uh, is... Uh, when you can be your most happiest and basically whatever drives you to that happiness. So for me, it's mostly my passions, uh, what I'm inspired by, feeling comfortable in an environment, feeling um, also pressured sometimes. So it's truly like different aspects of life that can kind of work in conjunction with each other that lead you to one sort of ending aspect, which is hopefully happiness. Love that. Amel? So the quality of life is mainly refers to the overall well-being and uh, the satisfaction that any individual or community can experience in their daily life. Um, and there is a lot and uh, various factors such as uh, mental and physical uh, activities or well-beings. There is uh, community um, 
social skills, uh, feeling safe and secure in your community, uh, the quality of education. So it's wrapped up anything that can affect your daily life, whether it's uh, physical or mental or uh, socially or anything. So, yeah. I love that all three of you had the, the, the same kind of feeling about this, but different, you know, different points of view. But it is a, like a balance between your physical and your mental. Like you can't just have one or the other. I was saying that earlier in the other interview. People forget that. I want to know more about your individual journeys. Who inspired you? Um, what made you become the woman you are today? Karima? Um, of course, uh, we are all affected by our mother. So I would say my mom, Freya uh, Shehri. She, she, she is the one who actually pushed me, pushed me, uh, just to follow my, not follow my dreams, just to be happy, really. And then, uh, part of being happy is actually for me is, uh, uh, sports. So she was very supportive since the beginning. And, um, when I went to college, uh, uh, to study architecture and my undergrad at uh, Northeastern University in Boston, um, she was the first person to, uh, support me. And actually joining the track and field team and run because she knew I loved to run. So I would say the person that, um, uh, you know, I, I look up to is my mom. Also, I would like to say that I'm not the first runner in my family. It's my mother. She was the first runner in our family. Actually, she won a competition called the Frog Competition in Disneyland in uh, California. I don't know, but she said she won it. And so she's the first one. What does that involve? I, love that. I have no idea. She's carrying it the trophy. Frog Competition. Frog Competition. I have no idea. But her, her winning that has made her inspire you to, to, to reach the Olympics, you know? The, the frog yeah, competition I mean, was the a part competition. was a part of exactly. her, her her journey. I love that her journey, yeah, yeah. and part of mine now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. It's so cute, <laughs> Amel. What about you? Well, I will say the same. To be honest, it's my mom, but it's not in the sport a sport a- aspect. If I must say, my mom has a profound uh, impact in who I am today. To be honest. And uh, due to the strength that she exhibited as a single mom of five kids back in the 80s and 90s, and it was insane. I always ask myself how she managed to do that, you know? So she's been always in the back of my head in whatever obstacle or challenge that I face. I was like, my mom did that in the 80s. And she was a single mom of five kids, and she did a great job. So what, what, what excuses that I have, you know? And you know how, how back then it was with those restrictions and uh, it was insane. Anyway, so alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, I managed to see that. And the fact that she inspired me, not in the sport, but how to apply what she did in every aspect and area in my life, including sport, of course. Seeing her, honestly speaking, when I was a kid, uh, navigating through all that type of obstacles and challenges with this unwavering determinant and strength is it's really inspiring you know it shaped me to shape my personality it gave me the strength to do the same I'm a single mom too so it's runs in the family anyways <laughs> so I, I love the fact that she did that a lot a lot Tala is my close friend and she knows a lot anyway yeah, <laughs> yeah. so alhamdulillah yeah. And I, I love the fact that I grew been raised up by a strong uh, woman 
who managed to do what she did in 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 an era or in a time that being a free woman as now wasn't like a choice for her. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she she bestowed that strength to you. Yeah, yeah, of as course, well. of course. Like yeah. a strong mom, a strong single mom. If she does nothing but be a single mom, she was fifteen, by the way. So. 15 Ooh. yes yes and it was oh I had five kids and <laughs> and she and managed worked. and she worked and she worked. was a career woman too Mashallah. But, yeah, yeah Mashallah, to be honest yeah. I can give her all the credit all the credit and everything that I've been <laughs> into in this uh yani, position in my life it's uh, <laughs> thank you yeah thank you for sharing that habibti hala Last but not least, can you please tell me who has inspired you to be the awesome woman you are today? Uh, oh, thank you. Uh, you know, I get to ask that a lot. And and to be honest, I can't really pinpoint one person. Obviously, my family members have had a big, uh, you know, part in the inspiration. And as you said, your mothers were very strong women, as as my mother is as well. And she's also always inspired me to be in sports. Both my parents have. But when I think about true inspiration, I've always linked it to my practice and, you know, specifically in martial arts throughout my life, throughout my, since I was really young until now. And I would say, you know, my inspiration is always linked to that. So throughout the time of practice, my coaches were always my inspiration uh, for getting stronger, doing better, pushing me. Uh, and now I find a lot of inspiration when it comes to uh, the girls that I teach. I feel like I get inspired every day by women who walk into the gym and really kind of put themselves in you know situations that are not very comfortable for them. They're learning a new sport that is extremely, you know, has an extreme taboo link to it where it's a very male dominant sport and yet they're very inspired and very excited and, you know, kind of intimidated to try something new. And so I find a lot of inspiration in that, you know, with fear comes something strong and they put themselves in a, in a situation where they're very scared and yet, um, mashallah, they, they push through it and they get better and, they show themselves and uh, obviously me that they're willing to, you know, just kind of push through the hard obstacles. That's very inspirational yeah. to me. So alhamdulillah, I can definitely say that it wasn't one person. I think it's just like a, a group of people that I get to be inspired from on a daily basis, which I think is so much better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. Not just one person inspires me many. I'm a bit of a bookworm and I'm always looking for books to read and I I devour books, uh, either audio or or reading. So I'm curious to know what's a book that has inspired you or changed you more than anything and why? Um, Honestly, there are many books. Um, And I always say it's not what book you read, it's when you read it. When did you read it? I always say that too. It's it, it always ties back to your experience. And, uh, you know, if I read uh, something when I was 10, I'm going to remember every sentence of it. But now I was like, with all the, with, with all what's going on, you don't really remember it. But like there's one specific book and the spirits of sports and wellness. Um, I was juggling, you know, training uh, and uh, architecture school back at Northeastern. And, you know, I, I was talking to my mom and she said, how about you read a book? It's called The Way of the Peaceful Warrior by Dan Millman. 
and it's uh, it's not it's not an autobiography. It's it's half fictional as well. It's uh, it, it talks about Dan Millman, the the author. He was a successful gymnast. He was in the gymnastics team at UC Berkeley, and he was really successful. And he was you know go uh, thinking about going to the Olympics. And then he had an injury, a very, very serious injury. So, and then he met someone in the gas station who was his mentor, his mentor or guru. And then it it talks about how his journey back. And but what it focuses focuses more is about it's the mental journey. I mean, how can you get back from an injury? How do you deal with these things? And honestly, it was just a great book. And then one of the quotes that I loved in this book, by the way, the book. If you research search the book, you you can get like so many Instagram captions. It's like so great. Like they have okay, like uh, sure. single uh, like uh, liners and everything. It's really great. Uh, but there's but there's just one quote that I like, and it talks about you know it says like a war war. I don't really remember it uh, quite literally, but it says that a war a warrior doesn't give up of the things that he likes. He finds. Uh, I actually I don't know. A warrior Google doesn't it. give up on the things things that yeah I need to Google it. A warrior doesn't give up on the things that he loves. He finds the love in what he does. Oh, I love that. And, and it's extremely important, especially especially when I read it at that time. Yes, I loved running, but it was hard. So don't give up on it. Find ways to learn how to love it. Be comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, you have to in order to, you know, to be successful in sports or all in life. You have to understand, you have to work outside of your comfort zone. So that book at that time, honestly, it really, really, I, I really like uh, reading it. And I, anyone who is really into sports, uh, I would say I would recommend that book to them. Thank you for the suggestion. It's going to, I think by the end of all of these podcasts, we have like a long list because everyone. Yeah, that would be one. great. <laughs> Amen. Well, I've been reading, uh, yeah, not inspiring. I love to read here and there and hearing podcasts. But recently I've been reading an interesting book called uh, Subliminal. It's about how your unconscious uh, affect or shape your personality. Yeah. So it's really interesting because it shows you that all of us are affected or being shaped by the unconscious or the subliminal and not the cognitive or the conscious uh part of our the brain and uh, show you a lot of interesting fact that I love to read these things. It's uh, very, very interesting. And it's all backed by a scientific uh, experiments and uh, evidence. So I, it's really nice. It has nothing to do with sports, but it's really, really amazing to show you that how we are controlled by the unconscious, you know, and most of the way, subconscious. Yeah, subconscious. which a lot of people don't really. No, 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 because we're not aware. We don't know that, you know, they don't really no, no, they don't. how powerful this can be. It can really make or break who you are. You get programmed every single day exactly. and don't realize And it, so. uh, it's cool. I think it's cool and it's worth to be read. If you're interested in these things, again, it has nothing to do with sport, but it will show you how to control your behave, behavior. And uh, sometimes you ask yourself, why did I do that? You know, it's a subconscious because you don't know why did you act this way or why did you behave this way? And this book will take you through steps and scientific approved points. Yeah. To show you the, the facts and everything in this you know, world that it's not, you know, revealed. 
So yeah, it's a cool. Your subconscious plays a big yeah. role. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Uh, well, I'm highly ADD, so for me to actually sit down and read something is uh, no, no, no. I'm actually diagnosed ADD, ADHD, so uh, it's harder for me to sit down and read something, especially if it has to do with something to do with work or you know anything scientific. If I read, it's more fiction and for pleasure. As well. yeah. Oh, I love it. Like my whole thing is I love murder, murder mysteries, things like that. So it's nothing that's going to inspire your everyday life, but it's sure going to make oh, I you. I can give you a It's going to entertain you. Serial killers. You know, I yeah. learn a lot through, um, yeah, serial killers, 100% everyday podcasts, reading, all of it. I have a really good suggestion of a fiction murder mystery uh-huh. that you'll tell me tell me tell me tell I'll me send it to you. Agatha, Agatha Christie uh, no no it's fiction as in actual like um, science fiction and multiple oh, oh okay. I love science fiction so okay, good cool. murder mystery I'll send it to you sci-fi okay great. you need to tell me about that and, and I, and I don't, don't discourage it don't discount that as because you're like you know I, I read it it's fiction no I think it's amazing for your brain to check out yeah, yeah, just yeah. Have I'm always in it. I'm into stories and if I'm on Netflix too long or if I'm, you know, end of the day sort of like, okay, I've been on I've been watching TV for too long, I will read. Uh, but it's mostly for entertainment. It's not necessarily for educational purposes. I learn a lot more through through functional training, through, you know, I go to a lot of workshops because that's the most way that I absorb information. Uh, for me, it needs to be movement included, obviously, with anyone that's ADHD, they're going to tell you the same thing, <laughs> that there, it's going to be just... very hard for you to sit down and read for hours on it. It's, I was horrible in school. <laughs> I was a horrible student. I practically failed all my classes. I'm not ashamed to say that because I wasn't I really... diagnosed with it until later in life when I went to university. And then I was finally able to be, you know, put on the correct uh, prescription um, medication for it and that's when I kind of got better you know and excelled more in school but prior to that it was horrible 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 I feel you I was undiagnosed dyslexic with a little bit of Uh you know attention issues and I was told that you aren't my mom used to tell my mom she's not smart she's not bright and mom she's she's brilliant at home I don't know when she goes to school and then we realized later and I had major confidence issues in how I write and how I speak. I know when I say this, mm-hmm. I'm a public person, everyone's like, no way. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I was no, very 100%. Yeah. For and sure. then when I realized what the problem is, I managed to fix it. Um, so I could totally relate. Actually, I can relate to But it. how old were you oh, when, when, that I, when, I, when I got finally yeah, when you out. were able to find when out. When I yeah. went to college mm-hmm. and then I failed every single thing except for design. <laughs> So I mean, exactly the what like, you're interested in. No, I was an A student yeah. in design, yeah. and then mm-hmm. failing everything else, which awesome. is not, yeah. not typical. Everyone yeah. is good at, at at an area, you know. You you should, you don't have to be a math genius or a computer scientist. You're not going to be great at everything. Be like a great artist, you know. Everyone has something in them. Everyone is a smart in a specific area. And if you realize. Absolutely. And if you realize what the issue was, because it wasn't that I wasn't smart. The issue was, I just think different. It's not it's your the area. You're, you're taking yeah, something. And the education system is very restricted back then. And they relate Harsh. everything to yeah. science and math. And if you're not good at that, you're stupid. And you're so they neglect yeah. the other yeah, they, Exactly. I was like, I'm not stupid. <laughs> Imagine, ladies, after I got finally figured out that I am dyslexic, I have issues with numbers. The next year, I was on the dean's list. 
the next year. Imagine uh, I went from being on the on the uh, near mm-hmm, yeah. yeah, that's a whole different story. I want to know more about your day to days. I mean, Karima, I know you love you, you know your track and field. Amel, I know that you like you know CrossFit and Hala. I know you're you know like you're a boxer. I know that you love mm. this. But I'm curious to know about the dailies. I'm curious to know about you know what's your day like um, and what's your relationship with other sports. Do you do other activities? Karima, you can share. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I'm uh, I'm a rower now. Uh, Can see here. Are you willing? <laughs> I'm actually in uh, uh, London training right now. Actually, I know one of your um, colleagues, so I know I I know Ali Rida. So, oh, Hassan. Yes. Yeah. What about Khan? No, Hassan. He's a friend of mine. Oh, okay. And that's how yeah, I yeah. knew you were in rowing because I saw your picture there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. We we used to train together. We're in the same, you know, Saudi national team. And uh, I was in track, and then I now I'm a rower. Uh, but the thing that they have in common, the both sports, is waking up early. <laughs> so, so I have yeah. my alarm at um, uh, five a.m. and I hate it. I, I know I really hate it. Every I, I day, just, every every six days a week. Yeah, six days a week. We have Sunday off, and yeah. Um, but when we are in training camp, we train seven I days a week. You. I mean, I wake uh, up early when I say that. It's not like I wake up early. I don't wake up late, but I wake up like about 7.30 or before. I wake up early. I don't wake up like... By 7.30, by we're done with our first... Uh... <laughs> I know, but like, yeah. but I, I mean, I, again, in, in the context of the life of in being in media yeah. and stuff, 7, you know, yeah. waking up at 7, seven is good. Like before 7 good. is when I start waking up. It's, it's good. When I go it's home, good. they think I'm cuckoo. I go home, <laughs> I wake up, I sit there, nobody's away. <laughs> No, <laughs> culturally, no, it's different. So I, uh, bravo, Kariman, I think it's amazing. So you went to I know two. what you mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. Like we, I finished two, two of my sessions in the morning and then I, there's no one's awake. No one is awake. Um, and then, so our day, our day starts uh, very early, but it ends very early. So, yeah. you know, you don't find me at 12 a.m. awake. I cannot, I can't. Because I have to wake or I wake up early, so um, honestly, I don't like it. I don't. I'm not a morning person, but you have to. Because in rowing, you need to uh, yeah. uh, train in the morning because the water is a bit flat. But mm-hmm. if you if you train in the late afternoon, you you really can't. Also, and, and as, a, as a rower, you train two to three times a day, so you have to start early to fit in fit in two three workouts. Um, it's very hectic. So is track and field. Track and field is the same thing. Uh, but in rowing, I think it's just t- more time consuming than track because in track, I was a sprinter, 100 meters. In rowing, uh, you row for 2,000 meters. Oh, so wow. it, it's very, it's very, very, very long. So yeah, I mean, that's my... Can you give us a day-to-day. sense of how long 2000, how long that would take? Uh, on water? Okay, so uh, let's say seven, eight minutes. Oh, yeah, and it's seven. <laughs> yeah, depending, depending on the weather. <laughs> Can I ask you, are you in a single or single. are you single? No, because I, I rode in college, but I was in an eight. Oh, you were, listen, I in an eight, a, it's uh, fun. It's fun. It's, you're rowing it in an is. eight. 
It is, but you rely on other people too. So You're everybody has to be quite strong and everybody has exactly. to be pulling their weight, literally pulling their weight. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Well, what was your seat, uh, Hala? I was a stroke. I was a stroke. And I oh, was, really? Uh, yeah. I know. I'm yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, what's good? But I have uh, rower athletes very no, no. <laughs> It's way more fun on water. I hate the erg. Like, I can't stand the rower. The rowing machines. I know you love CrossFit, Bessiani. What else? Do you do other things? How's your day? Ah, uh, my day life is very routine. Routine, boring <laughs> for so many people. Anyways, no, uh, I'm sure not. I wake up at five also and I wake the kids up. And if I'm lucky, my eldest will drop my youngest to the school. If not the case, I have to drop <laughs> him. Yeah, and then I start my first class at 7 a.m. So I have classes. I have a gym in Jeddah. It's called AB Fitness. And I coach there also. So I have to be there at 7 a.m. My first boot camp at 7. And then I have PTs during the day, back to back. And then I train in the middle. And then I give classes. And this is mainly my day, to be honest. I finish around 8 p.m., sometimes 8.30 if I have, like, a meeting with an accountant or there is an issue in certain things. So I have to solve everything. Crash on the couch at 9 p.m. <laughs> Literally <laughs> crash. <laughs> and, so wait, wait, uh, what time do you have? To, I'm going to get to food after Hala shares her, her, her part. But what time do you eat? I eat early uh, morning, of course, mm. when I wake up at like 6.30. Um, I no, made dinner. Dinner, eight, I would mostly a bit like 8.30. Eight, okay. ASAP, like I eat, crash on the couch. I mean, yeah, if yeah. one of my kids asks me anything like study or I was like, I don't want to hear anything, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's my daily life, to be honest. It's exhausting, but I love it. I'm a workaholic person. That's an issue, but like I love to work. I love to keep myself busy and I love to be in control. And this is an issue for me because I have to stick my nose in every single details of the gym and it, I so, know yeah, I know because yeah and it, it drives me crazy because I <laughs> and, up. and everything and yeah, be like you have to learn how to delegate uh, I have to but sometimes I'll like you know what I'm gonna do it myself and alhamdulillah I have an amazing coaches and an amazing team but I love amazing. to be in control that's why I close everything and I come back home I I sit for like half an hour with the kids or an hour if I'm if I'm lucky to open my eyes and and that's it and I sleep and the next day. So honestly speaking, this is my weekly routine and uh, on the weekend I spend it with my mom Friday uh, lunch at my mom's house and family and then Saturday the gym again and uh, yep. That's that's my life. That's, that's it. And it repeats itself. And and it repeats repeats itself. itself. I have zero advice for delegation because I don't do that. That's bravo on you. You, you know, as a as a yeah. mom who is a you know business owner and you are active, bravo. It's not easy to juggle. No, it's not. Alhamdulillah. I think you'll relate on, on this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, mean, I think you just kind of told you what my life looks like. We have the same lifestyle, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we have the exact same lifestyle. We wake up really early. We take our kids to school. Well, I have one child. And then, uh, and then go to work. I'm pretty much at work all day. If I get lunch break, I'm lucky. And then uh, back home in the evening. And again, if my child looks or breathes in my direction, <laughs> it's like, don't talk to me. 
But you know, it's like, that's where the struggle comes in because you know that like your kids are going to want your attention. You need to give them your attention. You need to put in the time with their schoolwork and, you know, just things in general. And recently my son has been wanting to box. So he started boxing with me earlier in on in his life. And now he wants to box again with me. And in all honesty, I got him a boxing coach because I don't have the time to train my son. And at the same time, it's mostly because I want him to take it seriously. And if he's boxing with mom, I know it's going to be like, yeah, but eh, and yeah, eh, and yeah. questioning. <laughs> and I, you know, I want him to take it seriously. And, and mashallah, he's doing an amazing job now. I'm very proud of him. He's actually really good. Um, but in general, it's like, yeah, finding that time to juggle all the more important things in life and, you know, not having your work life sort of overtake your complete existence is what we look for. I think um, it's hard. It's hard as a business owner, especially. And I know now with Emma opening her new place, she's finding, you know, all the hours that she's putting in is just, it's way more exhausting. Wow. I can't, yeah. I can't even imagine. I mean, can you imagine, are you, are you, do you have kids? No, uh, no, no. Anna, I'm come on. Anna, come on. <laughs> Whenever I see these, these incredible ladies, I'm like, Oh my God. It's yeah, I don't know how they yeah. do it. It's an incredible work and I, and I admire them. Um, we touched on yeah. this, ladies. We mentioned a little bit, but I want to know the truth. Okay. So how's your diet like? And what's your favorite cheat meal? And be honest. Amel is like the perfect person to answer that question. <laughs> so she's Amel. such a robot. She's such a robot. <laughs> like, I've never seen anyone eat the way she does, mashallah. Please share with me. It's a struggle, Sarah. I, I, if, I, if I drink water, I'll uh, gain two kilos the next morning. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's just so hard. I've, I've visited so many nutritionists and it's just, like, I, I just focus on the low glycemic food and like, uh, and then, but the thing is, it's very hard because like the high glycemic food, like potatoes, rice is what, where you get your energy from. Mm-hmm. So honestly, it's a struggle. And then I remember in Rio, it was like, I was a rabbit. I was just eating carrots. Uh, it was just, they didn't give me any food, like broccoli here, like, because you have to be very lean uh, as a sprinter. And, uh, and then in Rio, I think I was 10 kilos lighter than I am right now. Cause it was just like low fat percentage. Wow. Uh, you know, you need to be more muscle, um, you need to have more muscles than fat and all of that. So honestly, towards competition, which is ma- mainly in the summer, you, you know, your food is just not, it doesn't taste good, to be honest. But I like Ramanamayani, but, uh, <laughs> but you have to do that because of performance. So it's not like, um, you know, I, I don't really, I don't have uh, the luxury of just eating whatever. I, I don't have a high uh, metabolic, metabolic rate. Metabolic, uh, rate. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. have that. I don't have that. So I don't really get to, you know, I, I, eat, I watch what I eat. Um, cheat meals. Uh, anything that has to do with chocolate, to be honest. You love chocolate. I, I am, you know, absolutely. Anything has to do with chocolate, but uh, chocolate, yeah. chocolate, and, and not like not hazelnut, chocolate, like dark chocolate. La la, chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. Yeah. not dark, not dark. No, nothing. Very. I don't. I want something. The real chocolate. Yeah, I need sugar. 
<laughs> Actually, I'm one of those weird people that doesn't like chocolate. I like hazelnut. Yeah. I don't like chocolate. Like I don't like oh my God. chocolate. Like dark chocolate. I like hazelnuts. I like hazelnut. Yeah. I don't like chocolate. And everyone's like, what's wrong with you? What? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't it's know how to say what weird. to say. I love hazelnut. You know how they do like mm. the normal simple good, hazelnut? Actually, yeah, hazelnut. But hazelnut like what? Like Nutella style? Nutella, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but for example, uh, La Daref has the hazelnut, you know, I don't oh, the more expensive stuff. Yeah, the, yeah. <laughs> I like that the flavor of the hazelnut. No, but seriously, uh, it's most of the most of the normal uh, chocolate bars is actually hazelnut, not chocolate. Chocolate. I actually, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I actually like <laughs> the fancy Nutella because the more ex- the, the more high end we get, chocolate has hijacked the yeah. The more high end, the more chocolate concentration is in it. Yeah. I actually like the cheaper ones. I'm just using that as an example because they have the. Anyways, Hala, what is your Because I really want the chocolate. To be honest, my health fluctuates. I ain't gonna lie. Like, I love I'm the not honesty. someone who, who I'm not someone who's gonna like stay on a diet or be a robot. <laughs> Like Miss Abla Amal. I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 it's so extremely hard for me to count my calories, to sit there oh, and weigh my that. food. And if I was an athlete, which, you know, I'm not, and I'm at this point in my life, I'm thankful that I'm not, I'm a coach. So I can, I can afford to have, to chill. you know, to, to eat a little crap every once in a while. <laughs> but in general, you know, in general, it's like, I try, I think, you know, when I, when I hit my forties, you know, what's funny is that I think when women hit their forties, especially if they're very sporty, usually what happens is they're like trying to control, mm-hmm. uh, their food intake and trying to be really healthy because obviously your muscle mass goes down and things are a lot harder to control and, uh, losing weight is almost impossible. And so, uh, the complete opposite <laughs> happens to me. So instead of actually caring <laughs> about, about what I put in my mouth, Okay, I was like, you know what? It's that time in my life where I'm not going to care anymore. And I am just going to eat what I want, when I want. Good on you. And no, not great, because I suffered for it. You know, as long as it's not like detrimentally bad for your health. I don't want to promote bad food. But I'm not in a place, I'm not in a place in my life where I feel like I need to look at aesthetically a certain way. I don't feel like I need to have, you know, like a six pack or I I don't want to have that stress that I used to have when I was younger, when I was in my thirties and in my twenties. And I was always thinking about what do I look like? What am I eating? Is this going to make me look fat? Is this, this? I don't want that for my life anymore. What I want to feel is healthy and happy. And if that means that I can indulge much more than I used to and yet still feel healthy and happy, I'm okay with it. You know, I'm really okay with it. So my life and my mentality has completely changed. I know how it feels to be, you know, conscious and stuff like that. and All the time. It was hor- it's horrible, you know, always feeling that way when you're younger. And I think that at some point it's kind of like you're not completely letting go, but you're also giving yourself the leeway to be able to be- enjoy life a little bit more. And I'm very happy about that as long as I'm able to work out pretty much on a daily basis, you know, and if not four times a week is good. 
but I'm not going to be as constricting as I used to be back when I was younger because it just didn't make me happy. In the long run, it didn't make me happy. Amal, I'm scared to ask you no. this question. She's oh over, my God. She's we'll over be here for about three hours. No, guys. actually, to be honest, when I'm taking care of the food that I'm eating and whatever I'm inserting inside of my mouth, it's not because I don't want to get fat or whatever it is. I'm always concerned about what I'm inserting because of my well-being and health. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For instance, if I'm cutting the bad carbs or the processed food, not because I don't, and I never, alhamdulillah, suffered from being overweight. That's genetically I never suffered from there. Whether I ate or not, I've been always in a good shape. But when I cut the bad carbs, and not the carbs, I'm saying bad carbs or processed food, because the impact that I have from eating this food is driving me crazy. The spike in the insulin and the dizziness after that, I feel dizzy. I feel bloated. When I'm consuming dairy, the same thing, cheese, I feel bloated. I feel like heavy. I hate that. So that's why when I'm cleaning my food, let's say I don't, I don't, uh, I used to uh, uh, measure my macros and all that and my calories, but I stopped that, stop it, stop that. <laughs> but now what I'm concerning of, or what I'm focusing on is eating healthy, clean food, clean food, including organic or um, organic food or grass fed meat, that type of food, because wallahi, I swear it have huge impact. The way you think, the way you feel, it reduces your stress level. Your Most skin will look amazing. Yes, your hair will look amazing. So it's an overall, not because, and it has a good nutrition for your body. Eating processed or bad food or gluten or whatever, these things are injected with a lot of chemicals, preserv preservatives, uh, items, which the body can't absorb can't take advantage of. So that's why it transformed to a fat or, you know, cellulite or whatever our people are complaining from. Um, and that's why. So, I'm, yes, I'm strict with my diet, but also not for the fact that I want to be skinny or to have a six packs. But subhanAllah, once you, Aslan, eat good food, feel good. you will feel good, you will look good. And as Hala mentioned, I'm 46 too also. And... Uh, being at this age, you really need, need, you have to take care of your food. Not because the way you look, as I said, it's the way you feel. You will balance your hormones. You will feel really amazing. You know, uh, the PMSing symptoms will be reduced. So I'm trying so hard to try to find natural alternative ways to help myself. 
grow with graceful way rather than, you know, and just myself or do this or do that. And the easiest way that people can do or participate in is how to eat good meals and how to consume, you know, really good organic food and all that. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. I think I think what people don't realize as well is this is not something that can happen overnight. Yeah. It's not something that if you haven't been implementing a good, healthy lifestyle of eating, it's not something that you can just wake up one day and be like, I'm going to do it today. And then it's going to yeah. be super it's easy from then on. It's a process. And it's something that you have to get used to from when you're younger. And it's something that I feel like the youth need to be, you know, educated from. And I think your 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 parents or your parents themselves. Like I remember, I, my mom never let me eat, eat, never let me eat junk food nor drink uh, soft drinks. And I honestly, I don't. The last time I drank a Coca Cola was after my race in Rio Olympics. That was seven years ago. Last time I drank a soft drink, I I, I don't miss it because I don't know. I I I wasn't um, growing up. I I wasn't used to drink it. So. It's, it's, I think it's a role of the parents as well to instill these kind of uh, habits uh, to their children, not let them, because especially in school, uh, they eat whatever they want. So it's, yeah, these bad habits. So. And also, I For think sure. that if you do want to improve yourself, and I, I implement this on myself, I don't completely, I don't completely like, mm. if I love something, I don't completely like, nah, but I don't you know, make it an enemy. I don't, if I really feel like having something one day, I will. Like if I really feel like uh, my, my Achilles heel and I'll come clean mm-hmm. is French fries. Yeah. Yeah. I love French fries. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the honesty, ladies. I know it's not easy sometimes to, especially food, food is just, you know, you know, you're, it's, part of who you are in your, your dailies, but thank you for sharing that. I want to know more about something or an achievement that you're proud of. What's something that you're, you know, you look back um, and you're super, super proud of. Um, Kariman, I think I know which one is yours, but you can go ahead and share. Yeah, I, you guessed it. The Olympics. Holy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I can't, man. It's amazing. <laughs> it's it's, it's really, amazing. Yeah. I mean, honestly, the whole experience was so, so real. Uh, and I think the, 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 the moment where I actually felt I was Olympi- uh, no, an Olympian when there was like the opening ceremony and they said, all right, Saudi Arabia, let's go. And we were in the Maracanã Stadium, you know, the, the, the famous I've stadium. Been, stadium uh, I've been there. And yeah, and Rio de Janeiro, it's like so huge. What, 90,000 spectators and my mom and sisters, my brother were in the crowd and, and uh, it was the, it was so loud that I felt I, I heard nothing. It's just completely something out of the movie, to be honest. So I, I walked I walked out with the Saudi delegation. I was just waving the Saudi flag, and then it was just so amazing. And I looked at the jumbo jumbotron or the, the the big screen at the stadium, and then suddenly I saw myself, and mm. then I just waved at myself and just laughing, saying "What?" And at that moment, honestly, I didn't see myself I saw someone else and it's just I just that moment I felt okay I am an Olympian I made it that's really great uh, it's not the race the race was just um it was nice uh, I, I, I don't like it was nice I got seventh and everything was um but it's the opening ceremony where I just said okay yeah that's that's cool that's awesome okay, well, you don't know this but 
Uh, I stayed up for that moment. I was no way. I watched it live. Ukasam, <laughs> I broke my couch. I was jumping on the couch. I went, oh. Ukasam, I had to fix my couch because I, I cause it's, you know, the time difference with Rio and it was really, really late. Yeah. And I, yeah, I was, was like, yeah. I, I get goosebumps and I was jumping on the couch. And because, <laughs> because you have a strong leg, Zraha, you broke the couch, huh? A good Thank you so much. Wallah, it means it means a lot. And I'm, I'm uh, honestly, I'm sorry for your couch. <laughs> sorry we fixed it, but <laughs> yeah, okay. Thanks. It was I. You know how you saw someone? I saw myself in you. I saw. I was just so taken aback. It was you and Sarah. I think Sarah and then you. Uh, you were like a triangle. You were not in one line. It was yeah. Sarah. I was in the far. Yeah, there was and Sarah. Sarah. There was Lubna. Lubna. Lubna And there was a girl called Jude. It, uh, it's in my, she did it. Yeah. The, it's in my and mind. And then there's me. It's, yeah. it's, this, this moment is in my mind and I get goosebumps. So I oh. thank you for, for representing me and everybody else. So I admire. Oh my God. Thank you. Thank you for sharing the story. Well, it made my day. So. <laughs> well, Amal, I want to hear about your moment, but I'll tell you as well. After each one of you, by the way, has an impact. Again, I, I admire all of you. Uh, Amal, after I had climbed uh, Everest and I was uncomfortable and nervous about everything that's happening and, um, you know, all of these things, my mom comes with a cutout that I still have of you, of an interview of you. Really? And she comes and she gives me, yeah, Which interview she gives me this that? <laughs> What was the interview? Uh, I'll try to find the picture. Uh, it, was a, it was a newspaper okay. and it was you and it was your face. And she comes to me and she's like, look, you have an eyeliner. Oh, that, that's so sweet of her. She comes to me and she gives me this. And that's how, the first, you know, I, I already heard about you. And then when she comes and she, she gives me this and she's like, you know, look, you have someone that's, you know, there we don't really all know each other we yeah. know all of each other but in a way we're part of each other's journey so i just wanted to tell you that Amal. it was Thank very you special so much Rawal. it means a lot to me i don't have one specific moment or something that i'm proud of i have small things or big things i mean my biggest achievement to be honest uh in my personal uh, level it's raising my kids the way they are there amazing boys and the eldest is already graduated from high school With a 94, yeah, alhamdulillah, and he's heading to England. And uh, my youngest is amazing, and he's a jiu-jitsu athlete. So looking to them and seeing, uh, and always my my youngest always proud of me. I was like, you're a strong mom. I love what you're doing. And it's cute. (laughs) I must tell you, Hala knows him. He is amazing. (laughs) And the way he talks, I was like, Um, I'm so envy your wife or girlfriend or whatever I am because he knows how to talk and how to make something <laughs> good, you know. You're amazing. Look at yourself. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, thanks. Nobody's telling me that, you know. So looking no. at them and seeing the fact, because I was always, always, always worried about what they think. I'm, I'm an open person and I have an open account and I'm doing certain things that not a normal mom doing, you know, and I've been always worried about the way that they're thinking because they're boys, Saudi boys at the end. And I don't know. I've been always, always concerned about if this going to affect them or impact them in a bad way or a negative way or a positive way. But alhamdulillah, thank God, they, they love what I'm doing. And I can see this effect in their 
decisions and their daily life. And I love it. I love it. You said it's little things. No, it's big things. Little big things. Um, in, in the sport or in the fitness uh, level, I must say, uh, getting into the pull-up competition. It was the world uh, pull-up competition 2019. I know. And uh, to be honest, I just participated. And the minute I went there, I was like, why the hell did I participate? I was, I'm, I'm making a fool of myself seeing the strength level. If you don't ask yourself this question while you're doing it, are you really doing something? Because I'm sure everyone... <laughs> Once I arrived, it was in Finland and the fitness level was insane. You know, they're all Europeans and from the Nordic. And you know mm. how strong are these people? And uh, Vikings. Vikings, exactly. Am I fighting against Biden? <laughs> I was like, why am I there? Why am I there? And it was two days <laughs> <laughs> I was really no I was fun. like you know what let me enjoy the fact that I'm partisan I was the only Arab there and that was intimidating because I had Represent. nobody there with me no support I couldn't get my team with me because it was a last minute visa issue so I was alone no support nothing jet lag feeling weird that you know I'm in a new place I never been in Finland before and competing for two days and I don't know. Maybe it's the the the, the uh, adrenaline, probably or whatever it was. I I got the third place in my weight category. I don't know how. Mashallah. I don't know Mashallah. how, but I managed. And well, I when, when they announced it's because you're my awesome. name, that's how. <laughs> exactly. When they announced mine, I was like, me? Did I did I win? Um, that's okay. Awesome. The first day was uh, well, belay, belay. How many did you do? Twenty-five, I believe. Twenty-five strict pull-up, and the no, next no, day, no, yeah. no, <laughs> and the Shall next day it. was. Uh, I mean, that's amazing. And uh, the next day was the highest, uh, the weighted, the heaviest weight that you can pull, and uh, I managed to pull twenty-five. Again, it was like no, okay. twenty-five. No, twenty-five kilos. Twenty-five. Reps. Twenty-five kilos. 25 kilos I got the third place so and I was and the cutest thing that they made because I was the only and I was you know scared and I told them I'm the only Arab here and you know sometimes you want some Arab with you and it was like not the only alien and they they put a huge flag of Saudi there and they've been amazing wow. they're so cute they're so that. amazing I love that and yeah, I think I, I love this achievement and my kids, alhamdulillah, and my gym now recently. Well, thank God, Yani. Life is good. Bravo. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. Yes. Inshallah, Inshallah. <laughs> I'll go do reps with you because. Lazim. Yalla, once you're in Jeddah, I'll stand there and I'll clap for you, baby. <laughs> We can do rowing, Karimhan, but this... We'll see. Habba, habba, habba. Hala, do you remember the first time we met in person? Uh, was it for the Chevrolet thing? The Chevrolet commercial? Uh, you, I'm sure maybe I'm sure you ladies don't know the story, and Hala, maybe you don't know how much that was an impact. But the first chance I got when I was offered to do... Uh, an ad or a TVC or something. My first, one of my first big contracts was with a car company. And they told me, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to highlight different people uh, that have inspired me. So it was my father, it was Hala, and it was another person who I interviewed. So I suggested Hala to do the interview because she inspired me so much. And they, of course, they picked Hala uh, because her, her good 
story. And we did that interview together, which was really, really cute. I still have it up in my Instagram. Um, yeah, yeah. Really That's cool. cool. And, and I've always admired you and, and still admire you. So thank I put you. Forward thank the same, you I say the same question uh, with these lovely ladies. What is something you're proud about? What is something that you've achieved that you, you feel pride for? Uh, like Emil said, I think it's a bunch of different things, kind of, uh, you know, I'm also a single mom raising my kids alone, and I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud that, alhamdulillah, he's grown up to be an incredible young man. Um, and I'm proud of my achievements with my ladies. Again, it's like for me, and a daily inspiration is what I look for. And if I can find that I've affected someone's life on a daily basis versus it just being for a competition or something big like that, which of course, alhamdulillah, we have done. And one of my girls just went to competition two weeks ago and she won, which I'm very happy about. I'm proud about it. Thank you. But at the same time, if I can't do that on a daily basis, then I'm not going to be happy. So if I can kind of feel like, you know, my achievements or my, even if they're not huge, they, they might seem small to me, but maybe they're big for someone else. And to be honest, that, 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 that will, that, that makes me happy. I think is seeing those changes in the women that I teach. Alhamdulillah. I love that. All three of you are incredible and you've really inspired me over the years. I want to know more about the challenges. We talked about the awesome parts, but there is, of course, a dark side to being a female in a, in a, in a sport or in an industry or in a field that's not really feminine or perceived to be feminine or has a lot of allies that in the form of other, other females. So I'll start with Kayman. What is one of the most challenging things that you come across as a female in the sports or just in general, just being different? I mean, I think in uh, both when I was a sprinter and a rower, the hardest thing you can uh, face is losing. I hate it. But I know it's my best teacher, but I just hate it. It's like a punch in the gut. Um, I don't, uh, no one is born a loser. You're born in your head. You're always thinking, oh, I'm a winner. That's why you, why you're very um, optimistic and they're very goal oriented. But, you know, you never, you in your mind, you never think about losing. So when you do, oof, it's hard. I hate it. Um, so the challenge is not as a female athlete in general, as an athlete or anything, uh, losing. Um, but remember losing is not, it, it's not you being a failure. It's like, you know, you don't win or lose, you win or learn. So you have to, there's always something to learn in losing. And I remember actually, and, um, last week I had a regatta here, uh, in the UK. And then the first day I, uh, lost my final. And I was so angry. I was so angry. I thought it's not fair. The water, they put me in the bad lane, all of that. Da, 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 da. And my coach said, listen, I know you're angry, but what can you fix? I Something you can fix because you, the next day you still have a race and a final to, to qualify for. And I said, well, my start was bad. I, I could have been, I could have had a better start. So he said, then focus on that. And I didn't, he said, tomorrow's a new day. The next day, I focused on my start. I, I I came first in my heat, went to the final. And again, he said, focus on your start, make it powerful. And I did. And it's like, okay, I'm going to focus on my start. And I actually won by 0.2 seconds. They, it's, it's, it was so close that they went to race control to sweat because it was a photo finish. And I hated it the day before, but I said, you know, there is, I, I need to, 
I, I learned from it. And then the next day I was really happy. And that's, that's what sports is about. Um, you, you never, you never win. It's not, you never always win. You have to lose to, to win. Winning is not in the absence of losing. Uh, winning comes from you learning when you lost. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that's the most challenging part. I hate it, but you have to go through it. Honestly, you have to. Yeah, because sports plays such a, a sports plays such a mental aspect in a in a person's oh, yeah. you know role in sports and athleticism and as a coach or as an athlete themselves, you know the mental aspects is can be dominating more than the physical. You know that you're physical physically capable, but if you're not mentally there, you can see that either you're not going to perform well, or it's not going to be your day, or you're not going to learn from it, or you're. So mentally, it's 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 quite difficult, and I think it's much harder than the physical aspect. Your body's capable of doing a lot, but if you don't believe that your mind is as well, then that you know you have to have those two things working in unison. I think in terms of athletes now, I think the the, the because now with the federation things have become a lot more accessible. Um, women are starting to take a lot more notice when it comes to competitive sports, which I think is a great thing. But prior to today, uh, that wasn't the case. And that was, I think, for me, the biggest challenge throughout my career in sports. You know, I've been doing this for 20 years. And the challenge was to always have, um, you know, the backing of the government and so and so forth. And so having it now is such an incredible thing to see. And I think the future is bright, inshallah. And for, you know, especially for women in sports, I think we're going to probably be more, uh, there are going to be more women in competing in sport in sports than men. I really believe that. And I think that if we can catch them at a young age and, and, and get them, you know, where, to where they're excited about it at a younger Absolutely. age, I think we have a better chance, you know. So, you know, hopefully we can lead the way in that, inshallah. I would say the same. I would say the same like uh, 10 years ago or 12 years ago it was the lack of opportunities and uh, the infrastructure when it comes to the sports. I mean, in my case... I wanted to learn any new skill, let's say for the Olympic lifting, I have to travel back and forth to learn a specific trick, which means that I was a mom and I was in a demanding job. I was an investment manager and the hassle of going back and forth. And people don't understand why you're doing that. What is Olympic lifting? Why do you want to take one month off to learn something? It wasn't there back then, but it was passion. So that's, that's, that's consuming a lot of energy and money and time. And my kids were really young back then. But alhamdulillah, I managed to go back and forth and to learn as much. And I remember once at my work, when I came to my boss, I'm like, can I take three weeks off? I was like, why? Like, I want to learn Olympic lifting. I was like, what? Why? You know, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? You know, that was the first time I met you, Amal, when I gave a workshop for calisthenics. And she's right about the lack of infrastructure and the lack of workshops attending in the country. I remember converting one of my living rooms to a small studio and the lack of having equipment, honestly speaking. And uh, that was my biggest challenge because I loved something, but I was a mom and I was working. But yet I need to find the time to travel abroad to learn a specific thing and a specific. Everyone around me thought that I'm crazy back then. I was like. 
why you're doing that? And it wasn't there. There is no CrossFit lifting. Nobody knows anything. But I, I loved that thing. And I used to go and take the kids with me. And my mother-in-law used to live in England. So I take advantage of that anyways. <laughs> so yeah, that was the biggest challenge. And I believe that the generation at this time should thank God for the support that they're getting from the government and from the, you know, the, uh, the, the, the opportunities that they're getting in. And that's why I believe everyone should participate or be physically active because you don't have an excuse right now. You don't have an excuse not to be an active person. You know, all of us, I believe we've been struggling with the same thing because we started something new in a place that doesn't support and doesn't have an infrastructure, doesn't have anything yet we managed, you know? And that's why, I mean, when I tell my son, go to the gym today, I was like, no. And I was like, you don't even know how lucky you are. <laughs> no, you don't even know, you know? <laughs> so yeah, I think this is the biggest challenge to me when it comes to me or any other person. I wanted to ask Kadiman, I don't know if you want to answer this. I mean, you know, uh, but how old are you? I'm in my 20s. Oh, you're young. She's very young. I can't, I can't hide my age because it's there in the Olympic page. So I, I'm 20. I just turned 29. <gasps> 29. Yeah, yeah. I met Karima like, remember three years ago when I was go- going through the workshop, the rowing workshop, because At right the, after, 2020, right though, after uh, COVID. Saudi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> COVID, yeah. yeah. Yeah, newer generation. I think Emil and I are the... Uh, are the <laughs> no, I'm with the, you the guys. Older, oldies. I'm, I'm in the same boat as you guys. I'm not going to call us <laughs> old. I'm closer to yeah, class. I'm knocking on 40, love. Oh, <laughs> knocking on 40 is still not, Cla- not close. But I'm not, t- I'm not in my 20s. <laughs> We're knocking on 50s. I love that Kerryman uh, uh, touched on failures and losing. But I would like to make this more positive and I want to talk about success. Everybody has a mentality or a mantra for success. So I would like to know yours, uh, if you have a mantra for success. Mine has always been argue your limitations. Mm, Whatever you think you're limited at, you you can argue it and you can try to prove that it's not really your limitation. You could probably go past it or surpass it. I will always go with achieve small goals. Never go big. You always have to start with small little steps to get whatever and be consistent and disciplined and patient. Most people are not patient and they want to see results. Yeah, They want to see results in the next day. And I'm struggling with my clients at this point. She wants to lose weight in a month. She wants to look this way and she wants to perfect this move in, in two classes. I don't like, yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't, you have two, to classes. Be, two classes. I swear, one of them, I was like, I want to do 10 pull ups in a month. I'm like, honey, 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 I we wish. had a genie. <laughs> exactly. So, so, people don't see what's behind the scene, they just see the results. Seeing you're doing this, you climbed Everest, you you reached to the Olympics. Hala did oh, that. Amal, if I get one, <laughs> if I get one real for every time I get a message saying I want to climb Everest, I'm like amazing. What do you do? What sports do you do? Oh, I don't do sports. I don't know how you got to like, go helicopter. Like, I, every time I get, oh, I want to do this. And I'm like, yes, amazing. And Anna, I get excited. I'm like, I'm like here's yeah. your schedule. You can do this year one, year two. You know, where do you live? And then this person comes back and says, oh, but I don't do sports. 
this is the advice that I can give anyone that being consistent in whatever you're doing and start small. You cannot jump to conclusion or a big result without going through the small steps, you know? Uh, and I think it's an Arab issue, to be honest. We're always impatient. We want right results. We want right away results. It's lack of discipline. Yes, yes, yes. If you break promises to yourself, you'll break it to other people. So something as simple as being on time for us Mm-hmm. is like oh you're on time yeah you should be on time yeah. like you know punctuality also it's it's an issue here yeah. yeah yeah if someone walks in 10 minutes late i'm like my salama you're not coming into my class you know secondly understanding that consistency is key you know being uh committed is key you know you want to see results you need to put in the work so all of that is stuff that i think coaches and athletes as well you know kariman is able to uh, translate that information to people who are excited about doing what she does. And so I think that's a huge part of what we need to be showing people and need to be teaching people and educating people is that all of this is part of the process. And if you don't implement all these different aspects, you ain't going to get what you want, <laughs> you know? We see incredible changes that are happening in Saudi. We've touched on them earlier. But what do you think the future is like? Um, I personally am I'm optimistic about it. But I love, I love what we said earlier that I feel like women are going to surpass men um, in terms of the accolades in sports. But really quickly, how do you see Saudi, specifically for women, changing the future? Um, honestly, I, I think the direction is move, it's positive. We're moving forward. Uh, but you have to realize that, that it does take time. We, we're... In terms of uh, women in sports in Saudi, we're, I think we're in our chapter three or four, and we're, we can't compare ourselves with the other nations where they're in their chapter 50 or 100. So it, it does take time. Sports does, it, it is moving. You know, I, you know when I started the, you know, running, I was the first sprinter, uh, Saudi sprinter at Northeastern University. And there were a lot of Saudis, but they weren't really in the team as well. I was the first Saudi there. And then as well, I was the first sprinter uh, in, the, in the Saudi team. Um, and then now, you, how many sprinters do you have? You even have age categories. And then rowing, I remember when I started rowing, there was no federation. And, you know, when it was, and that was only in 2019. We, uh, by the time, I, I actually, the logo, this logo, you see, like, I actually designed it. Like, there was no, we didn't have a graphic designer. So me and a colleague of mine who was a rower, it was like, okay, let's design it. And actually... I was like, okay, we have to put, put the shield here because. So, can you imagine? And now the federation is one of the top performed federations in Saudi. So, it's really moving forward and rapidly. And then also, I can tell that there are strategies implemented to to push sports forward. Um, you know, because I worked as a high performance advisor for the new sports strategy, and I can tell you that the. You know, you know, in the next few years, you're going to see a lot, a lot of, uh, actually, you can see it right now. So, you know, I don't have to tell you. You can see it now and then it's only going to get better, inshallah. Yeah, for sure. I think that she's, as, from her perspective, I think it's even more interesting because she's an actual athlete that's going into these competitions and also like going to the Olympics. She sees the evolution. Crazy. It, yeah. So she's seeing the evolution firsthand. But also from my point of view or my perspective, I, I, I'm t- I am too because of with the growth of the federations and, the, you know, women are starting to take notice and things are starting to uh, definitely evolve and uh, um, women are getting more interested in the sport. And now competition is quite uh, strong. 
you know, I think last year for the Saudi games, because I have some girls that are going into, inshallah, the Saudi games this I competed year. last year. Yay! Mashallah. In what? In what? Beach volleyball. Nice! Oh, wow, nice. <laughs> that's cool. So, yeah, seeing that that's... Now, I think competition this year is going to be a lot higher because last year, obviously, it was the first one of its kind. And so, you know, when people start taking interest and start to, uh, you know, want to practice more and want to find the good coaches, which I think we're lacking of, to be honest, especially in my sport, it will eventually. But right now, I think there's lack of coaches, which I would say is one of the problems that we didn't discuss earlier, I should have said. But um, yeah, you're going to see a lot more people competitive and wanting to go, go into it and Inshallah, it's going to be very exciting. I think this year is going to be more exciting because they opened it to people also living in, in the country for two years. So you're not just getting Saudis competing. The most impressive thing, uh, Raha, is how the government is supporting women's sport the most. And I love that. I love seeing that. I mean, seeing that like eight or nine years ago and see what we are where we are now and how the athletes, females, it's, it's insane. Yeah. I mean, what happening? Yeah. In two years, I mean, five years ago, two years ago, it's, it's, it's impressive, impressive. Like the, the whole changing, the support, the continuous support to women, to women is, is impressive. I love it. I mean, even I'm, I'm working, I'm a board member in the wrestling federation and um, um, the head of the women committee at the beginning of the year, we were struggling to get some uh, female wrestlers because people don't know what's wrestling and we have to promote for the sport. And I was so anxious. I don't know how to get the parents, let their kids, female kids to, you know, to participate in wrestling and the males, we don't really like female coaches. So probably male coaches were uh, training them. And I was shocked, like 120 participants, young kids under the, the age of 10 and 12 been participating for three years, for three days. It was really nice and seeing these people are coming from remote areas, by the way, not from the main. I, I love that you can see that. It's you can see that awareness impressive. changing. It's so cute. I've been recording. I don't know if you guys saw it or not. I've been recording it. It's so cute. They're trying. And it, it's nice to see this, you know. What's a piece of advice you'd like our listener to take away from all this? Find something you're passionate in and pursue it and be consistent in it and uh, give it the time that it needs and the love that it needs for it to grow. Because if you don't, it won't. And so if you find that thing that you love, try to try to be consistent in it for sure. Yeah, the same thing, like uh, stick to a, the sport that uh, interests you and suits your interests. And that you enjoy. This is the most important thing because if you don't enjoy what you're doing, you're not gonna do anything. You're not gonna get to anything. You're not gonna do it. You will feel stressed out. You'll feel that you need to please anyone. Don't please anyone. Just find what you like. It doesn't matter what it is. But also consistency and uh, being disciplined in your training will lead you there. And you need to be patient because it will take years, years. It's not like a one day. I, I think you know. Yeah, I think it's uh, what, what you said is right. It's just the, the the big goal that you want to achieve is consists consists of small goals. Um, so patience, discipline, and it's okay. It takes time. Let it let it take time. Please don't cut corners. You you know, and you know, just take your time. Take your time. Don't rush it. I always say, if you cut corners, the corners will cut you. Oh, nice. I like it. Yeah. 
Kariman, Hala, and Amal, each of you has inspired me personally on so in, in so many different moments in my life. I admire all three of you. You you are the trailblazers. I get goosebumps every time I remember how, how much your stories have impacted just me um, and many, many, many others to come. So I thank you all for your time. Thank you all for your passion. And I'll see you in Chile. Thank you for having us. Thank you so much for listening to the Quality of Life podcast in partnership with TRX and hosted by me, Raham Harag. Please do leave us a rating and review on Apple. It really, really makes a difference. And keep listening every Friday morning for a new episode. Next week, we'll be back with another episode, but this time in Arabic. So listen out for that. This podcast was produced by Pineapple Audio Productions. Thanks again for listening and see you next Friday. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com